Welcome to episode 8 of Iron Man Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Hey guys and welcome along to take two of, of, of Iron Man Talk episode 8 with Bevan James Isles and Coach John Newsom. How you going John? Very good, it's official, the microphone is going through the window. Yeah, we're, we're angry man, we bought some sense and CO1U microphones on we're great name, recommendations. Naming and shaming. Naming and shaming, we're, every week we have an issue but that's okay because from here on in we're delivering. So on this week's show we've got some interesting results from a wind training tunnel test that uh, Iron Man... Corporation did, and they had some results on their website. We also have the results uh, for Lanzarote in Florida over last weekend. Uh, to have a quick look at the fields for Brazil and Braza- um, Japan coming up for this weekend in the racing side of Ironman. Uh, triathlon tantalising picks from last weekend. Shellacking. Wow. <laughs> it's not a shellacking, but yeah, he, he took it out. We've got a website of the week, age grouper of the week, plus the high five, and we're going to be looking at the shoulder stretches uh, for you guys out there. And we're actually going to put some photos on the website so you guys can actually have a look at the stretches we're talking about. So, And lastly, oh, we also have Coach's Corner. What are you going to do, mate? We're just going to do part two of what we started last week, really planning your season and uh, just sort of periodizing, breaking it up. And uh, we'll just give you a few tips in that direction. And lastly, we have your email questions. We've actually had quite a few email questions this week. <laughs> As Bevan hydrates his face with, with, with his L'Oreal Man Expert Hydrating Cream. Hey, I went for a swim and my skin's were dry. <laughs> so we've got lots of uh, email questions from you guys this week, so we'll get into those. So first of all, <laughs> it cracked me up. I got the, got the email for the show notes, and John, the first thing in the news is triathlon tantalising picks. It was a... It was, it was a one-sided race. It was always going to be that way. Um, but if you remember from last week, <clears throat> the way that I structured the points was you get one point for... If you remember, he didn't mention it. <laughs> you get one point for picking the winner. I can't remember if I had two or three points for picking two of the top three. They could be in any order. And, uh, and it was five points for, for getting the trifecta. Shouldn't you and, get more uh, points for picking the winner? Uh, well, you, I made the rules. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, And so... Neither of us did particularly well, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I managed to pick the winner. Winner Bevan's pick for the winner actually got second, um, so close but no cigar. Yeah. And uh, and then we had a few little boil overs with the other athletes. So as it stands, I'm on uh, one point, and Bevan is on the big fat down trousers oh, zero. Yeah, you wait till next week. Bring it on. <laughs> so we are we're on the Ironman dot com website this week. They had a. Uh, basically a result from some testing they've been doing some science of performance testing about some wind tunnel and the actual drafting gap between uh, cyclists and the Ironman race and do you want to give us an overview mate? Well, what they could have done is uh, actually retitled the uh, the article <laughs> calling this is an advert for Ironman.com and and Ford Motor yeah, Company. it was shocking uh, wasn't it? It was pretty bad. Go on, we've got links on the show notes and actually go and have a look. It's basically two thirds of it is all about advertising for Ford and, and Ironman and then there's just a little bit about the actual article. I actually tried clicking on that link there where, where they actually had some video footage and that didn't work no, either. neither. Um, but really what, what they were trying to do is establish what is the um, the fairest drafting distance. Um, there's always been a lot of debate about this. Last year in Hawaii um, they reduced the gap when there was a huge uproar. I was actually sitting at the triathlon, the, 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 the professional 
um, race briefing and they changed the, 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 the distance. It was the year before 10 metres from front wheel to front wheel and they changed it to 7 metres from front wheel to front wheel which or it may have even been less than that, might have been 5 metres, I can't quite remember. But they shortened it anyway and didn't really give a, an apparent reason for that and this um, article is trying to vindicate them for that I, I feel. So they've said that um, when you get to 5.8 metres which is roughly two bike lengths the advantage begins to significantly decrease. Um, <clears throat> and so what the problem we've got with this article is they don't actually give us any figures on what mm. advantage you're getting at 5.8 metres. Um, and we know from, from our training experiences and, and, and I know from race situations, you're getting a pretty big advantage at 5.8 metres. Mm. Um, mm. You're still getting a good advantage at, at 7 metres. Um, and I know I was, we, we were discussing in take one of this, mm. we have a ride in Christchurch where we do, we do about 150, 160 Ks. And Bevan and I have ridden it before and we know when we're sitting behind, um, we sort of lap it out, sitting at around about a six, seven, eight yep. meter gap. That yep. I've noticed my heart rate will drop three to five beats when I'm sitting in going at the same speed. So at that distance, there is still a significant gap. So what we would like the Ironman Corporation to do is to come back with some figures and tell us actually how much advantage you are getting at 5.8 metres mm. um, because we, we'd probably prefer that they go back to, to 10 metres. I don't know what you think. Yeah, well, I, um, I'm obviously not a strong swimmer and uh, and I'm trying to turn pro. And so the key thing I'm focusing on right now is just to become a better swimmer because I know that if I don't get out of the water at a better place, as an age group you can get away with it because, you know, you you know the field's not as strong. But as a pro, I know I've got to get out of the water five, you know, three to five minutes faster because if I don't get out of that front pack, mm. you know, the strong cyclist and I'm pretty much at disadvantage all day. Now, if it was a bigger gap, like a 10-metre gap, um, I think it's fairer because then, mm. uh, you know, we always talk about Ironman being the individual race. You know, you're doing it for yourself and blah, blah, blah. And so... But there is an advantage of being a stronger swimmer, and as mm. you can sit in the pack, and you can you know you can rotate a little bit as well, and so yep. there is an advantage to that. And um, from my position, I'm definitely think that the longer distance is better for me. But I, I just think it's also fairer that yeah, you know, like we talk about the individual sport, and so it's mm. got to be practical. I mean, um, you can't go around and have a twenty meter gap just because there's no, not yeah, enough no, space yeah, yeah. on the on the uh, on the course. Um, and it was interesting. I was talking when we were out riding today. We went riding in the rain, <laughs> and uh, and hardcore, hardcore stuff. Yep. And uh, and the triathlon professionals group, which is the website we talked about a couple of times, they had a vote on this with the the, the professional triathletes what distance they would like and it was uh, overwhelming i think it was about 90 percent said they would like the distance to be 10 meters now they've mm. actually passed that information on to wtc so it will be interesting to see how they respond to that um because if the athletes say that it's i, th I think technically for them to police 10 meters it shouldn't be that much more of a challenge no. than doing um the shorter version and the thing is is that the guys at the front it's not like you've got 100 overriders around. No. You know what I mean? Like policing should probably be pretty easy as long as you've got some good marshals at the front there. Totally. You know, generally the front pack's what? Crap. Seven or eight guys? You've got to pay bloody 500 bucks to enter yeah, the Yeah, yeah. Like it's not Surely like... they can afford to a couple more marshals. One thing it doesn't go into, and you mentioned this earlier, is how... Um, sure, maybe the gap between first and second rider, but if you're mm. the sixth rider back, oh yeah, you know, I, I know when when I raced uh, Ironman New Zealand in 2000 and what year did I race? 2005. Five. Yep. Um, I was in a, a fairly significant size group, um, and I was just sitting back there, and I couldn't believe how easy it was. Yep. We were sitting, you know, on a, on a very good speed, and uh, and I was having to do a bit of freewheeling, not to drive to ride into Go the into draft the, yeah, zone. Yeah. Um, and the guys that were driving the pack at the front, Gordo and a couple of others, and I said, 
Jesus, that was easy at the start. Yeah. And they were going, no, it's actually quite hard up the front. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that's an, another thing that would, we'd, we'd like to see, but it's practically it's quite difficult to obviously set up mm. a, a 30, 30 or 40 metre wind tunnel. But I know having seen results from, um, say, team time trials, where they're obviously going around a track in a team of four, yep. it's not the second guy that gets the most draft, and they've actually proven that. Um, so it would be very interesting to see that, because I would think that you know the third or fourth rider back riding even at 5.8 metres or 7 metres mm. is getting a bigger advantage than the guy in second place, which is really what the study leads to. So I'd like to say well done for Ironman for doing doing mm. the research. I think it's fantastic. Um, but what we'd love to see, and I think the, the yeah, hardcore uh, community would like to see is some, some more data. Yeah, well, it wasn't very specific in the data they put out. And, and to me, to be honest, I think they're kind of just sticking the finger out and saying that we're, this is what we think and, and yeah. here's our justification for it. And if you don't like it, well, so be it. Uh, it kind of annoys me because a lot of their technical advisors are ex-pro triathletes. Mm. Um, people like Paul Huddle, Paul and Newby Fraser, Jimmy Riccatello. So surely they know where the pro athletes are coming from. You know? So that's interesting. So why would, what's the advantage for them? Is it so it keeps close uh, racing or faster time? I really don't know. Um, I mean, like it doesn't have to be this much of a problem yeah I mean when it's on TV you know whether whether they're filming and it's 5 metres or 7 metres yeah. what, what, what's a big deal you, you, hopefully there is a gap there um, so but it know. often looks funny when they say it's a no drafting sport and then they show the front pack and then they, yeah. say, and they often say and the front pack is flying on as well yeah, yeah so mm. we'll watch an interest there and see if um, Ironman do cough up any more information mm-hmm. so last weekend we had a couple races on that we're going to focus on today and first one was Ironman Lanzarote Mm. Mm. Uh, so that was our triathlon t- tantalizer trifecta opening race. Yep. Say that ten times fast when yeah. you're drunk. <laughs> um, so Arne Alia Johansson was uh, my pick, and he managed to take out the race second year in a row. He also won Ironman New Zealand early this year with the abbreviated form. Is 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 Arne? Jan, is it Arne? Is it Arne? Is he? Um, uh, he is from Estonia. But is he like you know? Could he be a Hawaii winner one day? I think he's probably. Uh, I think he actually accepts he's probably a bit too big at this stage. He's yeah. going to have to lift his running quite a bit. He's yeah. certainly a strong biker, and the problem he's got is he's not a strong swimmer, like you were saying. Yeah. So in Hawaii, that's probably even more of a factor because there is a very strong pack at the front. Yeah. And I think he'll he'd find it hard, and you have to use up a lot of energy to ride up to, to catch that pack. Up, yeah. So I think he's a potential top ten because he seems to be doing well, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. A, consistently too. A big big guy, and big guys often struggle in the heat. Yeah. Um. It's a fantastic win for him. Won by about two minutes from your man who you picked for winning. See if you yeah. can get the pronunciation right. Stefan Mark Libertri? Tragi? Libertra. Libertra. <laughs> I think he's from... Where did I get the E? There's a U. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's from Germany. I can't quite remember. Pretty close. He was only two minutes back. Mm. And then uh, Gerrit Schielens. He's from Belgium. He did 9.0104. So didn't crack... Only two guys cracked nine hours. Mm, so obviously a pretty tough like, race. Yeah, just a slow bike. The guys... So is it slow because of just Gradient. hilly as bugger yeah. you know it's the hardest course uh hardest ironman course um it's a race in france uh Embram man's harder than that but uh yeah the, the, as Bjorn, an official Bjorn, ironman yeah, yeah bjorn was uh first off the bike bjorn anderson we're not quite sure where he finished but it yeah, wasn't in the to top 10 but he rode 456 i think i saw when i was checking the updates so bjorn normally rides um sub 430 you know 420 430 so you know about 25 30 minutes slower and that would be an indication of of the time there if if he had a quicker bike time he would have gone about 825 for Johansson yep and then who'd we have there we had uh Luke Van Laird making a bit of a comeback 914 Thomas Hellregal 
So, um, is that what we expect of those guys now? A little yeah, bit that's about it. Yeah. Keep staying in the top ten, keeping the hand in the game. Um, both of those guys get automatic Hawaii slots every year because they've, they've won, won the it. race. Yeah. So I dare say they'll turn up there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, on the girl side of things, Karen Thurig. Yep, that was a pretty clear choice, and she ended up giving them a bit of a bit of a walloping yeah, there. Yeah, big time. Twenty five minutes. Yeah, on the bike, she would have just destroyed them and probably just had a steady swim and run. Yeah. Um, pretty close racing after that. Second through sixth was um. Oh, excuse me. Cripes. What have I been eating? Well, I've had, I've had pizza, I've had sushi. Not a good mix. Um, Rebecca Preston, I thought she might have done a bit better. Uh, she won Ironman UK last year, and she had a few other good results. So she was only in fifth place. Yep. Um, and I, to be honest, I don't, I'm not that familiar with many of the other girls there. But mm. uh, yeah, good racing. Mm. Uh, big spread, though, between, you know, you look at the guys, and there's, what, yeah. 30 minutes covering the top 10. And the girls is one hour forty minutes. So I that's that's the way often, isn't it? You basically mm. get two or three really top females, and then yeah. So not all of those girls would have got prize money because what generally happens in the pro field is there's a percentage cutoff. You must be in a certain percent of ten percent of second place. place normally, isn't yeah, it? yeah. So uh, some of them may have missed out on the prize money. I'm not quick on too quick on the math, so I'm not <laughs> going to try and figure that one out. Yeah, uh, yeah neither. <laughs> uh, so then we had Florida, the half or the seventy point three in Florida, mm. and. Uh, Richie Cunningham from Happy Days came Happy in at second. Yeah. Come on, give us, give us a song. <laughs> One, two, Monday, three, Monday, 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 yeah. Monday, Tuesday, Happy Days. Oh, we've got to stop. <laughs> so, yeah, so we, he came in Australian from second, and then Andrew yep. Johns. Andrew Johns, so he's a pommy racing for um, Australia. Uh, not a pommy racing, he's an Australian racing for, for the UK. He has done for a few years, but he, uh, he got fifth at Ironman Australia early in the year. So, and then we had... Um, so, is he more of an Ironman or a well, short course? It, it looks that way that he's maybe focusing on Ironman. Um, I'm not quite sure. He's raced at the La... He raced at, at Athens. He actually... it was uh, He was a real scary prospect at Athens. He... Um, if you remember back to the Olympics, there was a group of six that came off the bike together. There was yep. Hamish, Bevan, uh, two Kiwi boys, a couple of uh, Swiss guys, which were a bit unknown. Andrew Johns um, was there as well. And Andrew Johns was arguably the best runner there. Oh. So I was crapping my pants, to, oh. to be honest. I thought he could have easily easily won it or easily got a medal. But he put so much effort on the bike, he just blew to pieces on the oh. run. So he's a short course guy. So perhaps he's decided you know he's, these are the days of guys doing all like you know the original days pretty gone. much yeah. yeah doing all of them very very well yeah um, i don't think you'll ever see a, a hawaii champion winning say the world short course champs yeah, again it's a different yeah but different um, time, isn't it? unless, tim, oh, unless they do some wonder drug and don't get yeah. detected yeah <laughs> tim demomia getting yeah, third there coming at third it was a very close race for uh second place they must have had a bit of a sprint or maybe Daboom was was gaining on him but only eight seconds between second and third mm. and then some more aussies there luke mckenzie um he was in fourth place and uh not too familiar with too many of the others but uh quite a big spread there actually when you look down to ninth place mm. that doesn't mm. actually look right to me um yeah, between 8th and 9th, it was like 15 minutes. Yeah, I think that must be a misprint. <laughs> yeah. And on the chick side of things, we have Bentley coming in at 3rd, Lisa Bentley. Yes, so you obviously you're familiar with her. She might turn up in your picks later in the air, is she? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, then we had Samantha McGlone, and she's already won a race this year. I think it may have been Wildflower or... Um, I think it was St. Croix. St. Croix? So she's... Yeah. Um, Although, um, don't quote me on that one. Oh, I might do. Okay. <laughs> quote me on that one. <laughs> She's um, come back and obviously backing up with another half only a few weeks later. Yeah, so. and strong too. Yeah, she had an amazing race. I remember she shellacked everybody in that last one. Mm, a bit mm. closer this time, but Leander Cave, another um, 
Aussie girl who switched allegiances to England. She came second, short so, course girl. So why is all the Aussies going to England? Um, well, they were doing it initially because of money. Um, English had a very good funding system for their potential you know, elite world-class athletes, short course, and uh, and in Australia, as we all know, it's uh, notoriously competitive, and uh, you, you really wouldn't know whether you're in or out from year to year because there's so many good athletes. Yep. Um, and so quite a few of them jumped ship. I mean, uh, a lot of us Kiwis and Aussies have dual citizenship. Mm. I'm exactly the same. I've got a British passport and a New Zealand passport, so it's very easy to change allegiances. And uh, and so these guys have. They really mainly did it for money, I believe. Um and, but it has actually come back to bite them on the bum a bit because the, the whole British funding system sort of turned itself on the head, whereas they used to fund a lot of athletes. This year, they've just completely changed that and they've cut a huge amount of athletes from their program. And so only a handful are now getting any significant, really big support. Um, just one or two guys, um, I think maybe two or three guys and two or three girls, and a lot of quality athletes, people like... Um, uh, Michelle Dillon, who's you know won World Cup races, she's had her funding cut, I believe. Um, Andrew Johns, he may well have had his funding cut, and maybe that's why he's he's chosen to go the other way. So, and so what? So they're they're changing the funding purely because that it's, it's all about Olympics. Now. It's all about Olympics. It's all about Commonwealth medals, Commonwealth Games medals for you Americans. That's just basically New Zealand, Australia, Canada, just the Commonwealth countries yeah, yeah. Uh, every four years. Olympic success and world champion success. And it's, it's the same in New Zealand and it's the same in most countries. If you perform in those races, your national body will generally get funded very well. If you don't perform, um, you won't get much money. What the English have typically done quite well is they've done quite well in the World Cups. Tim Don's done very well. Michelle Dillon's done very well. They've got a number of girls. Andrew Johns has done yep. well. When it comes to major championships, they've just, just completely them. flopped. They've had some very good athletes and they haven't done anything. Mm. Um, and so... They're trying to rectify that and then make a bit of a change. Um, I'm not necessarily agreeing that it is the best approach, but uh, we'll see how it goes. What about Ironman athlete? You know, do they get funding? They get very little. In New Zealand, the guys get a little bit. I know Cameron Brown obviously gets some, um, but I don't think it's on the same. I can't. Don't quote me on this one. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, I'm sure he doesn't get the same sort of level of support that, say, Hamish Carter and Bevan Doherty get. And, and they're all comparable. You know, Brownie's. Yeah, um, I've. Same at standard class, at, a, yeah. at a different uh, event, but I know he doesn't get much support. Likewise, with duathletes, we've got a guy in Christchurch, Mark Bailey, an amazing duathlete. He gets very, very little support because all sport is judged on is triathlon uh -huh. success uh, uh -huh. at, at short course, really. It's a bit disappointing, really, isn't it? Because it's not like Ironman's a minor sport. It's not, but... Um, it's a business yeah. and uh mm, it's a and, disadvantage of it yeah mm. okay so this week coming up we've got a few races we've got um well two races we're going to focus on and first one is ironman brazil mm. and we're looking at the female field right now yes so we've got a few girls we uh want to give our words of support to um yeah, go bella go bella go monica yeah and monica yeah, two girls <laughs> they train down here in christchurch in the summer and uh we're really hoping they're gonna have a fantastic race but mm. so it's an okay fit girls field you got fernanda keller there who's the Brazilian favourite. She's had a, some stat at some stage. I think she had like four or five third place finishings in Hawaii, and she can never get any better than that. Oh. But um, she's definitely won Ironman Brazil a few times, and she'll be the local favourite. She is uh, getting beginning to get on a little bit, but she'll still do pretty well, I think. Uh, we've got Joanna Zyger there, amazing swimmer, Olympian at both swimming and triathlon. So she'll be off the front with Monica in the swim, and yep. they'll. Uh, I can guarantee they'll probably be pretty good on the pretty much too. at the front. 
of the whole field. They'll mm. beat the majority of the guys out. Yeah. Uh, be because Monica was well up and high with this one, wasn't she? Monica and um, Joe Nazaga came out of the swim together first equal. Yeah. Um, so they'll be they'll they'll be kicking ass pretty early in the race, and the girls the rest of the girls will be playing catch up. Mm. And uh, who else have we got there? Du, du, du. Elizabeth Christensen. She's a good good city performer from uh, Denmark. And uh, that's about it. Oh, Hilary Biscay, she's done pretty well recently. Uh, so we'll, just, we'll wait and see on that one. Mm-hmm. Go, on, go, Bella. Go, Bella. Go, Monica. <laughs> go, Monica, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then on the men's side of things, we've got a pretty good field, really. It is a pretty <clears> good field. <throat> um, so let's just run our way down there. Alphabetically, Brent Lorenzen, he's uh, come out of New Zealand. He uh, did that, done pretty well. He did Hawaii. Gordo Burns, obviously there. He's our man. He's comeback king. Comeback king. Number 33. Keep an eye out for him. So uh, how's he feeling? Do we know how he's... I think he'll do all right. I don't think he's going to win. Um, I don't think he, I don't think he'll get on the podium, but Gordo loves to prove people wrong, so that's your yeah. challenge out there, Gordo. Yeah. Bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, let's see you in the top three, but yeah. uh, I don't think he'll be in the top three. But you, haven't, you haven't picked him for your tantalizers. Uh, he, sorry, Gordo, you haven't made, you haven't made the tantalizer this week. <laughs> Uh, who else we've got Luke Bell, Luke Bell yeah. good Aussie fella he'll probably do um, he'll, be, he'll be up there I think Olaf Shabushish yeah, who won it for the last previous two years yeah, he's, yeah. he'll be a strong strong guy at the office uh, seems to do well there and maybe not so well like he places but doesn't seem to win over events yeah so interesting I wonder where he does his training because uh, he's German oh, where is he from yeah he's from Germany so um, be interesting to see how he goes um, mm. yeah like you said, if he's won a couple of times, he's mm. obviously got a bit of bit of ticker. But no hair as well. And uh, Oscar Galindez, who he's not a Brazilian, but he'll be one of the local sort of. He's Argentinian. He uh, he performs really well. Um, very good runner. He's actually a former world duathlon champion. Oh okay. Um, many many years ago. So uh, I think he'll be he'll be right up there. He may yes. he, he may even feature in my uh, picks there. Yeah, you can. Yeah, he does actually. Nice. Quite, you got uh, Stephen Bayless. I've, I've got a, I've got a re- I didn't realise that Olaf had won for the last few years. <laughs> you can't change now. <laughs> I should have done my research. <laughs> Stephen Bayless, who has been over here in summertime this year, did Epic Camp with you boys? Yeah, he's a very consistent performer. Um, kind of new to the sport? Yeah, he's been around a while, but he had a bit of a disappointing race in uh, Arizona. He, he did nine hours, finished 14th. Uh, he's usually a bit better than that. Mm. I would expect to see him up there around about sixth place, something like that. Mm. That would be about my, I'm my estimation. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all falling to pieces. <laughs> One other guy there, Tjorborn, uh, Cinderbal from uh, uh, Denmark he set the new bike course record in Hawaii last year oh wow so strong so he'll um, he'll. but does he fall away in the run he's not a not a great runner no. uh, he'll do alright though um, but uh, he'll rip the absolute rip them to pieces and one other guy on there Reynard Tissink he's a South African fella uh, top 10 in Hawaii won uh, Ironman races before so he'll be up there in my yeah. tantalizer picks as well okay and on uh, Japan we've also got Japan coming up this weekend it's, a, it's an interesting field not really st- strong is it it's not really It's, it's Japan's a really difficult place to race for a pro because it's so expensive to get there and uh, yeah, and so they try and avoid it a little bit um, so we've got a few very strong Japanese athletes here Um uh, you're going to leave me on the lurch here, aren't you? Make me pronounce yeah, them all. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you've been there. <laughs> Kawa- Kawara Hayato from Japan. He he won last year. Yeah. Um, Hun Park from Korea. He's uh, right up there with my picks. He's done very well uh, at a number of Ironman races in Korea, Japan. Uh, when we mentioned Strongman a little while ago, he did well there. And uh, third one, Matsu- Matsumara Maziaka. Uh, from Japan, I think he probably finished third last year. He seeded third. A few other Japanese fellas there. Yeah. Ui Windman, uh, Windman, he's 
had some top 10 races before. Brent Foster, I think he might go quite well. He's a Kiwi guy. He's an ex-Commonwealth uh, Games swimmer. And uh, he had a really good race somewhere last year. I think it might have been Lake Placid. He yeah. finished about fifth or sixth. So I think he'll do quite well. And along with uh, Petra Vabrusic, he's the guy who races Ironman basically every second week. Does he? <laughs> he just does every Ironman possible. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably generally do about seven, eight, nine yeah. Ironmans in a year. He just goes from race to race. But does he do any good? He does. He'll, he'll be up there. He, he always does well. He always gets somewhere between, say, third and tenth. Uh, he doesn't really win races. Well, don't quote me on that one. <laughs> um, but I'd, I'd expect him. He's just a good, steady performer. You know, he just yeah. just does his business. Does his thing, Not really his, quick, but yeah. just does the business. Um, plays the game well. And, and, and races as often as possible. And on the female side of things, we've got the... They've got, for, for category, they've got X and Y, which I kind of found. <laughs> <laughs> not not a hu- huge number of Ys there. Um, no, it's a really small field, isn't it? Susan Peter from Australia, she's a good, good performer. Susan uh, and Sarah Fien, number 19, she's probably one to watch. And it looks like they may have seeded her top. She, I remember watching her running at Ironman New Zealand this year, obviously the abbreviated version. She got third, but my God, she was running fast. Really? Um, so expect her to come through on the run. Paula Newby-Fraser. Yeah, Paula Newby-Fraser. I don't really know what racing she's done in the last few years, um, so I'm not quite sure how she'll perform, but mm. if she does any training, she probably won't do half bad. And well. Heather, Heather Fuhrer is racing as well, um, and she's won plenty of races. I think she's won just as many Ironmans as actually Paula Newby-Fraser. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm sure she'll do pretty well. Mm, mm, so, yeah. So what are the, your picks, mate? Yeah. My picks? Triathlon, tantalizer. We're, we're just going to do the guys, is that right? Yeah, because I didn't ran out of time, basically. <laughs> so I said, we're doing the guys. I'll put my, my picks for the girls down as well. Just not for points, just for uh, for kudos. Oh, nice. He did the work. <laughs> so um, I did it five minutes before I came here. <laughs> That's <laughs> why you were late. It's my research. <laughs> already starting to fall to pieces, but once it's down on paper, it cannot be changed. That's right. So for for Japan, I'm going for Byun Hun Park for first. Ooh. He got second last year. Kawara Hayato, he the guy who number seeded number one. I'm picking him for second, and I'm actually going to put Petra Vabrusic in third. He's my sort of dark horse. I haven't got a huge amount of confidence in that one, but uh, we'll see how it goes. What have you got? I'm going to do Chris Lieto. Is it Lieto? Yeah, Chris Lieto, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from America. He's going to take it out. He's going to fall to pieces on the run. Oh, no, because he <laughs> dominates. He did quite well. He won a race not so long ago. So, yeah. um, And then Hayota. You got the, uh, the same guy, Hayato yeah. Kawara. Yeah, coming in second. He actually won it last year yeah. So, and by about 10 minutes. So um, I thought that he could probably you know, still do quite well. And then... Uwe, 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 Uwe Wind, Windman. 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 German dude. Yeah, yeah. You like the, the Germans? Yeah, but Germans are pretty good high men. Bit, so. bit of bit of, bit of bock burst yep. sausages powered that's, in that's, Yep, so they're going to take out the top three. Okay, I'll just say my girls' picks. I had uh, Heather Fuhr in first, Seraphine in second, and Angela Milne in third. Nice. So we'll see what happens there. Brazil, yeah, what are you going for? Brazil, I've gone for Reynard Tissink to win. Uh, he has raced already this year. He did South Africa. I think he, he didn't actually do as well as he, he's won before, but we'll see how he goes. Uh, so I've got Reynard Tissink first, Oscar Galindez second, and Luke Bell third. Nice. I'm going to go for Olaf. Just, just say Olaf. Olaf? Yep. Olaf, he's <laughs> going to win it because he's won it for the last two years and he's going to get the hit trick. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone flew past the radar. <laughs> and uh, uh, Luke Bell, he'll come in at second. Yeah. And uh, Stephen Bayless is going to have his best race ever for a third. Mm. So um, basically I ran out of time and I knew his name. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think, he, yeah, I hope, I, I hope Stephen does well. I hope Bella does well. I hope Gordo does well. And I hope uh, Monica does well. And uh, 
I'd yeah. love to see those guys going first and second in both categories. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I wouldn't mind if I lost out on the tantalizer on that one. Mm. Sweet. So that's uh, the news for this week. Now we have our age grouper of the week. <laughs> and uh, we've got a guy called Bob Keller from, uh, it must have been Florida because it's a half. Yep, Florida. And uh, Bob wasn't the fastest time. He took an hour 15 for the swim and he took... Well, he basically took 8 hours 33 to do a half Ironman, which is pretty, bloody slow. But <laughs> he's kind of an old bugger, so I was kind of a pretty impressive old Bob. He's AM 72. 72. 72, yeah. mate. That's impressive, isn't it? It is. Uh, yeah. You know? Uh, he's, that's, old, that's older than like our parents, obviously. Can yeah. you imagine our parents going out and doing an Ironman? I can't quite can't comprehend that. Yeah, it, it really amazes me, those guys. You know, like... Most most people at seventy two are uh, into the old person's yeah, home. Yeah, they really are. Their body's <laughs> given up on them, and you know, and, and you know, they've got plenty of reasons and excuses to kind of not do that kind of stuff. And yeah. you know, sure, it took him forever, but you know, good on him. And he was there was another guy who was seventy two as well, but he was the fastest seventy two year old. So, I, <laughs> so he he met, kind of got the the plug this week. So I don't know. I I, I, love, I love it. I'd love to think that when I'm at that age, I'm still physically active. You yeah. know, and maybe I don't know if I'll still be doing this stuff, um, but still like to think that. You know, and these guys lead the way for for that. You know, yeah, I always have so much more respect for those guys. So, so yeah. So Bob, you are our age grouper of the yeah, week. Age grouper of the week. Um, one, two, three, four, half five. five. Woo. You didn't really help me there, man. No, yeah. I left you yeah. on the own. Uh, got love? too much energy. You can't have ridden hard enough today. <laughs> we did a climb today. Um, we did this loop called Cooper's Knob, which is a pretty a, tough climb. Crush <laughs> it. About a, uh, it takes me about two hours twenty from home to do it, and it's a. Uh, so I measured it today, 6.3 kilometres, and it's an average gradient of 13.85%. Mm. So it's a decent old climb, and uh, and it wasn't a very nice day either, so no, no, my energy's no. beginning to lack a little bit. Mm. So this week in the High Five, we're actually going to go into shoulder stretches. Now, we're actually going to post on our website, we're actually going to do a new page for um, pictures that you can actually see of us doing the stretches. Oh Christ! <laughs> Finish that one off. <laughs> and uh, and so so, but what we're going to do right now is that John was just going to say them, and then we thought, well, why don't we get John to do them? So John's actually going to step away from the chair. Step away from the step chair. Step away from the chair, and he's going to do the stretches, and I'm just going to talk about them. So the first one is kind of like a posterior deltoid stretch. It's really going to be stretching along the back of your posterior deltoid, which, if you don't know what that is, it's basically the back of your shoulder. So it's coming right behind the back of your shoulder. It's a little bit of a tricep stretch here as well. I don't know the official names for these stretches so again you're gonna to have to go on the website but again it's stretching the upper part of your back shoulder next up we've got the traditional tricep stretch the old arm over the back of the head with the other arm resisting against it when you're doing a stretch make sure you're actually pushing against the hand um, the stretch is really good for the tricep and a little bit of chest work in there in the, in the insertion of the muscle there Third stretch. Mate, you're a supermodel. <laughs> you really are. This one, he's actually pushing against the wall and he's leaning the head down with the hands up nice and high. Now, this is a great stretch for your lats. So down the side of your body, you're going to feel a real nice stretch for the lats. And really go into the stretch nice and slowly and hold it and breathe through the slow. movement. Slow. Oh, yeah. We were trying to talk slower this week, which, <laughs> which you probably noticed we haven't. But, um, what third one. Uh, a fourth actually yeah the fourth one is a, a basically a bend over with your arms behind you going up nice and high great stretch for the front shoulder chest and also a bit of lower back so when you're doing that stretch move into it slowly because you're playing with your lower back anything with your lower back just be extra careful and lastly he's got one where his arms out to the side um yeah, elbow facing out yeah and you basically look like you're a, oh, no. I'm trying to do it. 
you're kind of a muscle pose um, and you're actually going to pull the arm forward okay so we'll, again we have a photo of this one and, uh, and you're going to feel this again kind of in that back region um, of the shoulder area just one last one um, that I mentioned earlier is to oh, grab a right, towel um, to grab a towel and actually grip the towel nice and wide and you're actually going to do rotations of the towel as far back as possible as long as you're comfortable and you don't make it if there's any pain the wrong kind of pain pull away from the movement but grab the towel really wide and really just lift it over your body and coming back down can I have permission to sit back in my chair now? well I don't know mate after that modelling <laughs> that's pretty beautiful um, uh, but yeah the reason why we um, thought we'd put some stretches up there is Traditionally, uh, people do bugger or stretching anyway, mm. but um, <clears throat> I think people tend to focus just on their legs, and mm. they can't do it after a run or a bike, and uh, I never, very, very rarely see people stretching after swimming, and uh, all you need to do, I mean, ideally, you want to spend a long time stretching, mm. but just do those stretches maybe once or twice quickly, and, uh, and it, will help, it will help. And Yeah, and actually, to be honest, with I've, I've been swimming seven days a week for the last three weeks now. And my shoulders are really feeling it. And yeah. I find that stretching helps it big time. But also, I'm finding when I swim, you know, I really need that 500 warm-up oh, for my yeah. shoulders to, you know, like today, like I went and did a swim. And that first 500 meters, just, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> just really, especially my lats. So, yeah, definitely stretch. It's cool. good for you. It's there to help. Okay, I'll do the next intro. Okay, let's go. Website of the week. Oh, just showing <laughs> So, so website of the week. It's uh, it's probably actually a website most of you guys are familiar with, but we just thought we'd better get it out there um, in case some of you have found us through different means. We know a lot of you have come through Gordo's forum, and that is our website of the week. Mm. Um, so Gordo's got a really good site. Uh, if you go to gordoworld.com, I should have actually painted this because I actually remember giving him the name for his oh, buddy site. We are in Hong Kong, and, uh, and he was deciding what to call his website, and I said, oh, why don't you do Gordo World or something yeah. like that? And he goes... <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> and he went and bloody bought it. I should have bought it and then yeah. sold it to him <laughs> for billions. <laughs> so Gordo's got a really good site. Um, he's got a number of really good tips on there, and he's also got a forum. Um, and the forum's very active. And um, for perhaps you guys that aren't coached, um, a really good place to get some good tips. And it's also a place for just general news and and asking questions. And there's a lot of experienced coaches and a lot of experienced athletes on there. Contributing. Contributing. It's not so much of a junkie site like, um, say, Slow Twitch, where I think people go on there and, and post a whole lot of things, you know. Although we do have some Slow Twitch listeners. We do have some Slow Twitch <laughs> listeners. Um, it is a good site, but Gordo's one is a bit more perhaps hardcore sort of knowledge-based. Um, yeah. So I really like it, and I know a lot of other people do. So that is our website of the week. It's also a really great place to find people who are passionate about what you do. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's um, that's the nice thing about the internet is that you can really find a group of people who well, are into the same thing you love. And it's a quick way of finding things. I was just speaking to a guy today who I've um, started coaching in the states, and and uh, we're trying to find him a swim program and a, uh, a swim coach. group to, coach yep. to to join in with. And uh, one one method he could have used is ring around all the swim pools. And I mm. said, well, just post a quick note up on on a forum and get some people's ideas. Mm. And uh, and I'm sure you'll get some some good feedback. Yeah, from that. yeah, totally, definitely. And the thing is, that you, you'll find in your own city, like poor, how many Ironmen are in Christchurch? Yeah. Other than when everyone comes here, there's probably ten of us in all yeah. Christchurch. So it's your own small group's not that big. But once you get onto that world wide web, oh, it's oh the possibilities, <laughs> eh? So, coach's corner. Wait a second. We'll do this one together. One, two, three. Coach's corner. Jeez, that was beautiful. 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 We start selling that. (laughs) So last week, what we went through was really starting to just put the foundations for planning your season. So, um, from memory, we really had you guys just getting a spreadsheet going, um, putting in your 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 races where you were planning on racing, 
any downtime you were going to have, you know, if you had family time, holidays, and so on. Um, so really what I quickly want to go over this week is, is really trying to break your season down um, and, and some, some tips on how to do that. So what you've got to do is, ideally most of you have probably got an A race, which is, because this is an Ironman talk, we're going to yeah. assume that it's an Ironman. Most of you guys are probably only racing once or twice in the season for yep. doing an Ironman. Some guys would maybe do Arizona and Hawaii or, yep. or um, Lake Placid and Hawaii or Arizona and Florida, whatever. Um, or wherever, you know, maybe racing in Europe. Chances are you're probably only doing one Ironman and that will be your A race. You always want to work backwards from your race. So put your race in. A uh, good thing to do is put a little week weeks to go counter in one column on your spreadsheet. So when you put in the race, you know how many weeks you have got to go till that race. And typically what I like to do is about a 16-week a specific build-up to Ironman. Um, I know a lot of people like to plan years and years out. Um, and if you start your focus, say you go right one year to Ironman and you start your Ironman training on that day, you'll typically find you end up getting very, very tired and sick of it. Um, mm. You've got to, really got to break your year into different different segments and focus on different things. So I've found um, in my experience as an athlete and as a coach, around about 16 up to 20 weeks is about the maximum where you sort of focus on doing try training where Being you're doing... obsessed and focused. Yeah, yeah. a relative balance of swimming, biking and running. And that's something you need to communicate with your um, your partner and people around you that you're going to affect and say, right, from this this period on I'm going to be a bit more focused on yeah. my, my try stuff so <clears throat> what you do before that is um, I'm not going to go into too much detail on that but I'd really often what I get my athletes doing is having a bike block before they start that so they maybe do it so come into that section strong yeah so you, you don't want to be at 20 weeks that's when you start training you're no. still training for the rest of the year um, but I typically get guys to do maybe a six to eight week bike specific block where they really focus on their biking and let their running and swimming come down a little bit and then elsewhere during the year, and then it's really a time that you can focus a bit more on your other weaknesses. Which so, for I'm, example, at the moment, I'm really swimming hard. Yeah. And just running and cycling a little bit, but yeah. just swimming obsessively. It's May here, and if, if you were training for Ironman now, doing you know yeah. 25 hours a week of swimming, biking, and running, you'd probably get to December, which is yep. the key key time, and you go, I'm bloody sick of this. Mm. I've been doing it all year. Mm. So it's really important from a mental and physical point of view that you do have a bit of variation in your program. Yep. So what I thought we'd just go over quickly though is um, structuring your, your um, say your 16 to 20 week build up. I typically like people to have uh, work in four week cycles. So you have three weeks building up and then you have an easier week. And it's vitally important that you schedule in your easier weeks and you mentally and physically recover. And you, um, you follow them. Oh yeah, because um, you know, if you missed a session in week two, don't catch it up in week yeah, four. Yeah. Um, that you've got to put put that easy week in, and the only reason where you might deviate from that is if, say, you get sick or injured um, during your three week period. Then you'll have to do a bit of a rejig on that. And the easy week is where you get your benefits. Easy weeks where you get your benefits, and and where you recover, so you can put in a better effort for the next three weeks. Yep. So if you just continue to build, 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 um, you'll get more, more and more tired. You will get nice and fit, um, but you won't be able to do those breakthrough sessions and those really quality sessions mm. um, with much vigor or visto and you'll probably start to get a bit sick and a bit overtired and, and overtraining starts to come into it. Mm. So mm. having that easy week helps on a number of fronts, both physically to avoid injury, over, avoid overtraining and also mentally give yourself a bit of a chill out time, especially if you've got a stressful job, um, chill out. And I generally, with, with working athletes, I'll make sure that in that easy week, one of their weekend days is probably a day off, which is yep. typically where most guys do the bulk of their training. 
but have one their, one of their days off in that week at the weekend. So you just chill out. Don't do any triathlon stuff. And, and it's uh, funny with those days off because you think leading into, oh, if I have a day off, oh, no. But then when you get it, it's like, oh, it's yeah. even. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, easier week. And what I get with a lot of my athletes is I do a bit of testing in the easier week um, as well. So maybe do a short time trial on the bike or in the pool. Um, and because you're a bit fresher, you can give it a bit more vigor. So that's that's probably one of the key things I want to bring out of this is make sure that every fourth week or so um, that you do have an easier week. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, make sure you plot in those simulations we talked about last week. Yep. So roughly about every um, four or five weeks, maybe do a half Ironman simulation or a half Ironman race or a race of some description. Yep. Uh, make sure you get that good long run off the bike there. Um, another tip that I, I like to give people is about five weeks out from Ironman is really having a very scheduling that in as one of your easier weeks. Because what I like to do is say that fifth week out, having an easier week, and what that allows you to do is have two really good strong weeks after that, nice and fresh, good quality workouts. Would they be long weeks or just more? Uh, they'd be reasonable volume. They wouldn't <clears throat> wouldn't, wouldn't be, be your peak volumes. Yeah. Your peak volumes are typically going to be between, say, around about six to 12 weeks out. That's when you're probably doing your peak volume. Yep. But those two weeks there, so week four out and week three out, is where you want to do some good quality workouts, reasonable volume, and then those last two weeks is really where you're tapering off. So I like to get athletes really nicely recovered on that fifth week, five weeks out. And then you can go into those two weeks with some confidence, do some quality workouts. And that will hopefully give you some confidence leading into the race as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have I jotted down you've got your two here? weeks taper as well. Actually, we should cover taper at some stage as well. We'll cover yeah. taper... Um, tapering at some stage mm. we won't go into that today no, but no. Uh, you're winding down for two weeks and we can go into that later in terms of epic training um, needs to probably be supervised if you really are looking at actually doing an epic week I'd suggest consulting somebody about that who's had experience you know ideally yeah. consulting a coach um, or consulting somebody who's had experience doing that you'll probably find if you want to do an epic week very difficult to do by yourself um, so try and get some mates around you to do that um, typically the timing of that should be somewhere around 10 to 13 weeks out from, from Ironman if you are going to do, say, a whole week. Um, another alternative that I would like people to structure into their program is to do some big weekend training. So if you're not going to do an epic week, uh, maybe have some big bike blocks where you maybe do, um, say, a one-hour swim, five-hour bike, one-hour run, maybe two days in a row or some variation of that three days in a row. And timing for that ideally would be also somewhere between six and twelve weeks out. So just doing a few of those. So, um, would you advise doing more than an epic week? Like I know an epic camp, you guys do nearly twelve days, don't you? We do twelve days. Um, if you've got a really good group, possibly. In my personal experience from coaching, um, people completely start to capitulate around mm-hmm. about day six or day seven if they're doing it by themselves or with one or two others. The thing is with Epic Camp is there's such an amazing support crew and everything. You know, you've, you've basically got a slaves for you, haven't you? Yeah, you're, you're, you're just, just exercise. You're training, you're very motivated guys, <clears throat> you've got coaches and you've got confidence in them that they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whether they do it, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> but, in uh, Epic Camp they do. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's a very, very controlled environment and you're away from home. Yeah, um, yep. So three-day weekends, I think, are really great. Um, Epic week, you need to probably have a bit of supervision. Um, What I'd also encourage people to do when you're planning your sort of season there is, um, where possible, 
I try and get a half day off. I see a lot of people actually looking to do epic weeks here and there. Um, what can be beneficial as well is actually during your season, see if you can negotiate with work to have a half day off um, maybe once a week, and that will allow you to do to spread your longer workouts during the week. So maybe Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday could yep. be your longer workouts. And you often find, like in Christchurch, Tuesday seems to be the day where we all go for the big ride. Exactly. And so you can find a bunch of people who... Mm. Mm. So if you can get a half day off... Um, during that build period, um, that would be fantastic. Uh, what else have I got here? That's about all the notes that I wrote down here. Mm. So just a few tips on how to sort of structure your season. The key things are break it down into blocks of either three or four weeks where you're, you're scheduling it in easier weeks. Epic stuff, big training should be sort of between roughly eight to 12 weeks out, sort of in that period there. I like um, five weeks out to have a, a really easy week as I mentioned, and then you have two harder weeks and two taper weeks. Um, so just have a bit of a play around with that. But the key thing is you schedule in those easier weeks. If you Tell don't you do that, you're in trouble. This is a great recap, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the recap, I, I thought, we've never done recap. That's great. <laughs> hey, so yeah, that's Coach's Corner for this week. Um, we had quite a few questions and answers or question email questions from you guys this week, and we had one from Lynn Rowell. Rowell? Um, Joe. Joe. Oh, where did I get Lynn from? Oh, Joe. It's no. um, <laughs> my mum's name. That's what it was. Um <laughs> And she, she sent us quite a big email, but basically the, the gist of it was that she's been doing Ironman for three years now, two or three years, um, and done quite well, and mm-hmm. she's managed to do Hawaii, and um, and she came from a non-fitness background, basically, and so, which is great, like, good on you, Joe. Um, but she's got to this point now where she's kind of plateaued out, and she's a little bit frustrated by that, and she can't really figure it out, and so she asked us some questions on what maybe we think she could do. She, um... We'll, we'll treat this in two sides. She had one side she was asking a bit about lactate testing and stuff like that, and the other side was uh, was what what sort of things she could do. So um, hopefully, sort of st- you're looking at your splits here. So Joe does around about an 11 hour Ironman, and she's done pretty much the same. She did 11:09, 11:10, and then uh, at a recent one, she did 11:25, where she blew up a little bit on the run. Yep. Um, so. What I'd suggest you doing, I'm picking you either an Aussie or a Kiwi because you've done New Zealand. I think she was a Kiwi. Yeah. From email, I seem to recall. Yeah. Oh, good check. Um, <laughs> what I'd probably suggest doing is actually getting out of your comfort zone a bit. And so I'm making some gross gross generalizations here. That yeah, you, it's you hard do. To know, yeah. It's hard to know everything. But typically, what people do, say it's winter for us over here now, is people get into their comfort zone and they do things that they enjoy doing. You know, a mm. lot of people maybe go and do the cross country series because they enjoy running and they're good at running. Um, whereas Bevan's kind of doing the opposite. He's doing his swimming because he's, 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 <laughs> he's um, by his own admission, he's not the strongest swimmer. Yeah. Um, and so that's probably my first suggestion: is get out of your comfort zone a bit and do the things that you're weakest at. Um, so that's one thing to do. I don't know what your weaknesses are. Um, looking at that, I think probably the area where you could improve the most would probably be your run. Um, so it'd probably be a good idea to maybe join up with a running club and uh, and maybe go do some half marathons and some good running races over the middle part of winter. Typically, we're over here, it's uh, less enjoyable to get out on the bike. Yeah, so. which is what you want to kind of do with the weather over here, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'd suggest, probably doing a run-specific block um, during winter and see if you can really make some big improvements. Now, that will mean that your swimming and your biking will go downhill a little bit, um, but sometimes you've got to take a couple of steps back to mm. make a big sort of leap mm. forward. So that would be one of my suggestions. Um, also, maybe uh, if you could incorporate that half day off work that I sort of mentioned, um, I don't know, you, you do some pretty solid volume there by the look of it. You've got 
you know, 20 to 25 hours. So it's a pretty solid amount of training. It's a hell of a lot more than what I do at the moment. <laughs> um, and you're consistently doing 15 to 20 um, hours sort of out of the main main build period. So focus on your running, I think, for a while would be some advice. Um, maybe see if you can get some half days at work next summer um, to do some... Uh, do you think, like... Um, sure you- so you're suggesting maybe having some time off work. And I think um, over the summer, that'd be really good. You probably don't need to take time off work if you're focusing on your running. Um, running is not that sort of that much of a deprivation on your time but yep. definitely over summer you need to make sure you're getting decent recovery you know you're doing some pretty solid volume there so uh that would be a few little tips there for you get out and uh, do some running one oh. thing one thing i picked up on is she's done different races hmm. and yeah. that it's hard to um you know different races different courses different times and uh and you do, do seem to have stayed around at the same time but i know cone is probably a lot harder than although it was a fast year yeah oh five Yes, no, that no, was, five was a hard no, year. no, no. That was that was last year. That was when I oh, went. It was yeah, easy it was. year. So, so that was, that was um, a pretty reasonable effort to do the same time in Kona that you did in New Zealand. Um, yeah, bike times are a bit quicker, but then you had to deal with the heat on the run. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, like I said, the area you could probably improve is your running. Now I don't know. Your bike splits are pretty good there, so it may be a case that you're perhaps going a fraction too hard on the bike. Um, it's a typical sort of mm. pacing area that a lot of people do. You said you blew up on the second half of the run, so that's probably an indication of either going too hard on the bike, going too hard at the start of the run, or not quite getting your nutrition right. So I'm not sure if you blew up on the run as a nutrition mm. problem or it was more of a pacing problem. Mm. So you could perhaps um, take a bit of a gamble, go a bit easier on the bike, uh, and have confidence that you can run well. Yeah, and that's so important. If you can trust your plan mm. and stick to it, it will pay off. Mm. It really will. You know, like um, when I did New Zealand a couple of years ago, a guy passed me who I knew I was competing against pretty early on in the ride. And I knew I could stay with him, but I knew my plan was to stick to the ride, keep it easy, just race at a pace I know is comfortable. And halfway through the run, I flew past him. He was basically hovering. Crawling. Yeah. He was crawling. He was, was chundering. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah. The guy died. Kicked him while he was down. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the second part of your question was really about lactate testing. Um, and I'll just read it out. I was interested to hear in the lactate threshold protocol, and I don't have the funds to buy a snazzy portable tester, but I do remember reading you could use uh, test using a workout method, e.g. a 10K or 5K run, discount the first 10 minutes of your heart rate and take the average for the last 20. Um, there's similar things on the bike, and then she's asking our thoughts. So um, if you are in New Zealand, you probably can get a test done for re- reasonably yeah, pretty cheap. pretty cheap price. Yeah. Fly down to Christchurch and you can get it done for 70 bucks. Well, most universities would have it. Yeah. yeah, so I know in Auckland you can get tested, and I know in Wellington you can get tested, so you don't need to go buy your own unit. No. Um, in Australia, I'm sure you can get tested fairly easily as well. So probably contact your local university um, because a lactate test is the most accurate. All the other suggestions I'm going to give here are really approximations and Everybody has different, um, when you get a lactate test, everybody responds differently. So Ironman athletes are typically very good around their lower zones, around their aerobic threshold, and then they become very inefficient around their anaerobic threshold simply because they do no training around that pace. So your idea here of uh, doing, say, a 30K time trial on the bike, probably be around about right. I mean, one test you can use to estimate your lactate threshold is to do a, a time trial of around about 50 to 60 minutes. Um, and taking your average heart rate, like you said, discounting probably the first 10 minutes, um, and that should give you around about your lactate threshold. Now, if you're a well-trained short course athlete, they can often push a bit harder and they're a bit more efficient at managing their lactate, um, so their results may be slightly different f- than that, but for, for an Ironman athlete, that would probably give you a reasonable indicator. Um, 
I will actually put up a link up here on from Gordo's site on a way to estimate your aerobic threshold. Um, and we'll put that up on the website. And it's a pretty basic test where you can go out and just slowly increase your pace and where you feel your breathing start to pick up. That's generally around about your aerobic threshold. I'm not going to go into that now, but I'll um, we'll put a link up there to Gordo's site and mm. that's got some uh, information there. The other way of doing it <clears throat> is to perform a maximum heart rate test like we mentioned a few weeks ago and uh, estimate your zones off that and that will give you a steady zone, a hard zone and so on. Steady zone is the key zone to get to get used to and get familiar with so you you're in tune with your body you know what it feels like to be going steady and you use your heart rate as a guideline you always got to remember your heart rate's going to fluctuate <clears throat> a little bit depending on how tired you are if you've smashed yourself for three days in training yep. and you go and try and train again the next day you won't be able to get your heart rate up um, so you've got to get in tune of always using a number of parameters so perceived effort is one heart rate is another one if you've got a power meter and things like that they're all things you can add but the key thing to understand is getting your body in tune, um, your mind in, in tune, what it feels like to be going at a steady pace, which is your Ironman pace. Mm. But yeah, at the end of the day, if you can get the test done, it's 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 well worth it. Yeah, it really is, if you can put that effort out. We'll see you down in Christchurch. You can be a guest on a show if you want. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we can get you on here and say, hey, Joe. Um, a <laughs> couple of quick other emails. Uh, Pete Hyde uh, actually sent us through a great link to... Um, this guy's website who has a great you can download a training diary mm. and uh, we looked at it ourselves and it was very similar to John's John's probably a little bit better to be honest what but I mean probably 10 million <laughs> times better but it's it's definitely great and it's um, I didn't really go into detail with it but it's so if you yeah it's free yeah it's free so yeah. that's what, that's what appealed to you it. well I like free stuff <laughs> but it's, it gives you um, some charts of what's been happening gives yeah. you your weekly stuff, your hour charts, some equipment, what you've used, instructions, and then you put your daily reports in. So uh, we'll put the, show, the link on the show notes. And um, Pete made a good point, you know, like this whole thing we're doing is about all of us out there. And so that if you have anything that you think other people would like to use, um, we want to hear about it and we want to get it out there to you guys. So thanks for that, Pete. And uh, we'll put that up there on the show notes so the rest of you guys can actually go download that um, training diary. Also from another guy, uh, Fabian, he sent us a link through to a great dietary one. Now I had a look at it and um, I didn't really go into details. Maybe we'll have a look at it later on the week and actually have a... Yeah. Yeah, but uh, um, again, I'll put the, note, the link on the show notes because it's just not really... Um, but he reckons he lost 10, K, 10 pounds of unnecessary weight really quickly with this guy's philosophy. Seems to be it's the sports doctor or a doctor of nutrition and he's got some different ways of putting things. So or maybe I'll have a bit more research into that one. So um, again, I'll have Fabian's uh, link up on the show notes this week. Um, we had um, Tomas from Mexico. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're getting lots of people from around the world, mate. We're loving it. <laughs> Not just mum and dad. Um <laughs> And he was just—he was just generally telling us about this legendary Ironman that he had, and that maybe eventually we'll be able to have an interview with him. This guy's done like every Ironman ever, you know, yeah. and, and the guy's a legend. But he was also telling us about how there's a hundred Mexicans. Um, oh, there's going to be two hundred Mexicans flying over and doing Ironman Austria. Klangerfurt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and they're basically, awesome. yeah. And so they've got quite a big contingent, and it's a really well organised thing. And they do actually get lots of funding. Oh, really? Yeah. And he's yeah. saying, that, yeah, they get lots and lots of funding, and that. Um, it's a big event they have this big parade in the street before yeah. they go and so I just thought it was kind of cool and I thought go know. team Mexico yeah Mexico and uh, I remember when I did my last race the Mexican guy took off past me like about 5k to go and race. he's a pro but it broke my heart <laughs> <laughs> so go the Mexicans and lastly um, Matthew um, 
who's emailed us before, I think it's Chapello, Max Matthew actually emailed us and asked us about preferences of clothing um, for long distance races. Did you have a certain brand and do you find one piece, two piece better? Um, well, I might as well just say what we wear. I, I yeah. wear, um, generally wear oomph gear when I race and I generally race in a pair of um, bike briefs, um, bike shorts, uh, they're, they're kind of tri shorts, use that for the whole race. Uh, and then I race just in a singlet uh, for the rest of the time, one with a couple of small pockets in it, and that's generally how I race. And that's how I race in Hawaii um, for colder races, say in New Zealand. I'd be wearing the same pair of bike pants all the way through. I'd have my singlet on underneath, just a lycra singlet on underneath my bike, uh, underneath my wetsuit. And then on the bike, I'll put on a separate bike jersey because it's a bit chilly down here, mm. and it, you have to put on arm warmers and things like that. Yeah. And uh, we don't have to, but uh, especially some years, it's quite cold. Um, so that's what have I wear. Have you tried one suit? So you obviously did when you did. I, I, when I did, used to do short course. I don't particularly like them. Find them a little bit tight, a little bit yeah. restrictive. They have improved over the last few years. If I was to do Hawaii again, I would wear a one piece for the uh, for the swim, yeah. and then I'd probably rip it off uh, and have my gear underneath. Mm. I, I tend to use orca gear to be honest, and oh. I. Well, you know, <laughs> New Zealand brand. Um, I tend to wear orca, and I, I wear tri shorts, the tri shorts with the really small chamois, mm-hmm. but I also wear um, shorts over top of their actual riding shorts. Mm. Um, and then I, Extra comfort. Extra comfort. Well, mm-hmm. I, I just don't want to rip my shit off to bits in that area. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I wear that all under, and I have a, a, an orca singlet. And I tend not to wear a t shirt over top of it on the ride, I tend to just wear arm warmers myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I basically get off the water, take my wetsuit off, and all my gear's there, ready to go. Like the transition is really, really quick. Mm. Um, but to be honest, I haven't really spent a lot of time trying different brands no. of clothing and stuff. So I, 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 I'm not probably the best person to answer that question. Mm. Um, I think the key is is that it's like anything, you know, tr- know what you like, and it's yeah. maybe it's a bit of trial and error, and maybe you have to spend a bit of money to figure that out. But figure that out well earlier on, mm. and you know. Two brands that I've had quite a bit of, um, which I think are quite good. There's one key called Kiwami for you guys in um, <clears throat> in Europe. Probably I don't know how much expensive it is to ship to the states, but Kiwami is developed by a triathlete called Craig Watson, who's a New Zealand guy who raced um, at the Olympics uh, and very very strong athlete. And he's come up with a really good range of clothing. I'm not quite sure if they've got an Ironman um, specific one piece with pockets yeah. and things like that, but I know their one piece. Um, in terms of aerodynamics, if you're doing a non-wetsuit swim, is very, very good. Not quite sure about in terms of uh, wearing it for for an Ironman with pockets and so yeah. on. Um, also, two times you do a very good one-piece suit. Yep, so there you go. But if, if any of you out there have anything, any kind of brands or anything you'd like to know, um, give us an email and we can maybe get back to this topic later on in another episode. So what are you up to, mate, for the rest of the week? Well, my daughter's just arrived home from school, so I've got to be a dad for a while. And, <laughs> and what else have I got on for the rest of the week? Just a quiet week, mate. Yeah. yeah. And yourself? I'm going to rip out of here and go see see somebody in a moment. Because we've got to be finished by 3.30 and it's 3.29. <laughs> <laughs> Timed it well. Timed it well. Because this was take two, we did. Uh, we are running a little behind time. But yeah. hopefully we'll get out for another bike this week. Um, yeah. I'm trying yeah. to do a little bit of biking this, this okay. next few weeks. And... Uh, Planning the rest of our trip to France and uh, just all looking good. So I've got to get out on their bike, ride some hills. Yep. And uh, we're going to get some interviews from France. That's so going to be pretty cool. Mm. Um, if you have any questions, uh, email us at Iron Man Talk. 
at gmail <laughs> I got it right I kind of stopped just and threw it um, ironmantalk at gmail.com if for any of your questions and we can help you out there if we can um, go to the, sh- uh, the website for any of today's show notes we're actually going to change the website over the next couple of days just so we can get more ads kind of in the right places so <laughs> click on those ads because that's what we like and um, and just thanks very much for your time and get yeah. out there and train well see you next week alright see ya Hey guys, so welcome along to Iron Man Talk episode 8. Uh, you stole my show notes. I stole, oh, whoops, whoops, whoops. Hey, um, welcome along with this. Uh, oh, I'm starting again. It's a shock. <laughs>